Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, buddy, welcome back to an instant reaction of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. And man, Spencer, how about that? I mean, 1-0, starting off the season on the right foot, uh, you know, head, heading into the Texas game undefeated. You did what you're supposed just, to do, man. Great. It's just great. You came out with the win. And football back, isn't it? <sighs> if only we could keep that charade up for so long. Uh, yeah, you did win. Sweet. Um, we had this conversation with Rob Bro today. Like, what would you learn from this game? I was like, I, I think there's plenty to learn from a game. Um, and typically, good. I was say, if you're learning something from, from an, an FCS game, it's n- not going to be good. Um, you Texas Tech wins this game 35-33 versus Houston Baptist, a team where you were favored to beat them by 41 points. Yeah, came down to a failed two-point conversion, um, an option to not go for a field goal, a, a crucial third-down conversion on Tech's behalf with three minutes left in the fourth. So it's... Um, yeah, it's it's it sounds like a two point game because it was it wasn't as if <laughs> Tech was up thirty five seventeen and somehow the wheels came off. They um, luckily never trailed. It got close. So there's that. It got close. They, they did get close. Uh, they got within. You know, a, uh, sorry, I was going to say that they got within a, a one point game there late in the third quarter. Twenty one to twenty. Yep. Twenty one twenty. Yep. And I think that. Our, our scoring predictions were a little off just for our listeners in case you heard us earlier this week. It's just a we little didn't, bit. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there because, you know, we, we like to stay true to, to our listeners. Uh, Spencer predicted 56-24. I predicted 48-17. And for those of you who can do quick math, that meant neither of us predicted that Tech would cover the 37.5 point spread, which is what was available on Tuesday, that since moved to 42, 44, wherever you're looking, obviously did not cover that, did not come even close to that. But I think, Spencer, I'd say that you and I were both coming into this game, expecting Tech to squeak out four, maybe five wins this year. Coming into this game, we expected a little bit better execution. We expected a more dominant win. And so this is disappointing to see that the secondary is just as bad, if not worse than they were last year. And 
that the two groups that seem to be doing the best are the linebackers and the running backs. Yeah. Um, looking back at our, our preseason predictions, I, I think we both predicted four wins. Um, if this is indicative of the team you're going to look at the rest of the season, you're not winning four games. You may not win two games. Um, so before we talk about how atrocious the, the past defense was, I don't... You were joking on, on, on the pregame radio show today that we that Texas Tech couldn't be 128th again, but... It's a fact. It's a no, fact. Th- it's a fact, but it, here's my, my a counterpoint. You can still be last... <laughs> you can still be last in pass defense. Um, you gave up they, they five. They may have that now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's I'd, a chance they may already be last. Nowhere to go but up. Um, okay, sorry. I, I said we'd, we'd do the offense first. Alan Bowman had a relatively decent game. The numbers like this from a Big 12 conference game, you'd be like, man, I'll take that. He's 38 for 52 for 430 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Passer rating of 151.4. There's nothing you can complain about there. The interception, um, it looks like he and Dalton Rigdon were on, a, just they weren't in sync. He overthrew Rigdon. Rigdon thought he was thrown to somebody else behind him. Uh, the guy, the, the zone de- defender that was in zone just made an easy play on it, picked it off. Um, other than that, no turnovers. Um, you didn't, you didn't have any fumbles. Um, you didn't lose anything besides that your your rush your running backs your rush offense i thought looked pretty good Roger thompson there were times and i i mentioned this like during the game that like our runs look like they started really slowly like they they may have been draws or like a delayed handoff or just the movement between bowman and thompson kind of getting set to start the play it just looked like it was a step or two slow um that Houston but it Baptist so often it seemed intentional. It seems like they're they're being coached to do that to wait a little bit to to maybe stutter step a little bit before taking off, uh, you know, between the tackles or whatever. I I don't know for sure, but it, it yeah, sure seemed like it happened so often. It and it worked out fairly well. I mean, Thompson had twenty two carries, hundred eighteen yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Brooks really impressed with Brooks. I mm-hmm. think he was he got the second string role this week with um of course who knows if this was listed in a certain order all all they really specified was that thompson was was rb1 but xavier white was out this week a lot of guys out this week there were 10 guys out this week in cooling including linebacker colin schooler and demarcus fields mclean mannix a bunch of other guys that were out but i was really impressed with brooks uh, especially as a True freshman coming in, eight carries, 25 yards, a touchdown of his own. Townsend came in a little bit more towards the end. He's a different style of runner, it seems. It seems like Brooks and Thompson are very similar. Uh, Townsend also six carries, 23 yards. Uh, I mean, it was a very effective running attack. That was one of the highlights of the day was seeing these three guys carry the ball. No, it was, yeah, it was, like you said, it was, it was a high. It was, it was fun to watch them do their thing. Um, you know, I, I, I thought there would be more more spreading the ball around between the running backs, uh, but I think out of necessity, you, you kind of leaned on Thompson where I thought you'd see a lot more of Brooks uh, and or White or Townsend or whatever, but um, 
Thompson got 22 carries, uh, Brooks and Townsend combined for 14 carries. Um, it felt like Brooks at least had a higher rush than, or, you know, average rush than, than he ended up with. It felt like he had a couple of, um, plays where he was stopped at the line or, or lost a yard or whatever that really, uh, crippled his, his rushing average. Cause he was doing really well. He, uh, he did well out of the backfield too. He had two catches for 26 yards. Um, Townsend had one catch for 12 yards. So the, the guys, the running backs coming out of the backfield, um, we're picking up some yards there too. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thompson himself had three catches for 13 yards. Um, Yeah, so the, the, the running backs... Um, I don't know about White. Obviously, we didn't get to see him. I'm, I'm happy with, with with what Thompson was able to do. Really surprised that Brooks was ready to go to take on that 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 um, backup role tonight, and then how well he did tonight. Um, I would have expected to see Townsend in a little sooner, but he he did pretty well himself. Uh, running backs were fine. Receiving, um, it was really spread out. Uh, your leading receiver was Keyshawn Carter with six receptions for 86 yards. TJ Vashon. I think most of that came in the second half too. Oh, for sure. It it came like one or two drives. It felt like. Yeah. Um, Vasher had eight catches for 79 yards. Azukanma had four catches for 66. Jalen Polk, uh, not a guy I was expecting to see a lot of, but he had he you know had five catches for fifty six yards. Rigdon five catches for forty six yards. Um, so the ball like Bowman was able to get the ball to a, a bunch of different receivers, uh, and they were were fairly efficient. The thing I think we were most frustrated with in the passing game was Bowman throwing deep. Yep. One, uh, mechanically, it looks like this dude has to wind up uh, for a year to get that ball in the air. Um, and then it's like so inaccurate. He overthrew the two fastest guys in the team. Um, he overthrew Dalton Rigdon uh, by about a step. But then he overthrew um, Keyshawn Carter by like five or six yards. Um, and they both would have been touchdowns. Easy, yeah. Um, so the dink and dunk, dink and dunk worked out, uh, the sideline screens that we kind of, I mean, we didn't really see that until late, uh, when the offense started rolling again, probably in the fourth quarter to, uh, Rigdon and Polk. Um, but the downfield stuff, it felt like was there. Uh, Bowman was just not hitting his guys. Now, 
on the opposite side of the field, um, on defense, or if you look at the Houston Baptist offense, you were able to contain their rushing attack. Uh, they ran the ball 24 times for 28 yards. Heading into the preview, we said this, that's just not where their, their offense is going to be. They, they tried to keep you honest a little bit. Um, but they had one, like they, their main running back, Ian Beek, 16 carries, 34 yards for a 2.1 average. And they had four other guys carry the ball. Three of them carried once. And their quarterback carried it five times. Yeah, I mean, it's really just eliminated the rushing attack. Uh, and that was that came in handy on that last drive. Of course, Houston Baptist scored anyway. But I thought, well, there's no way they can run in from second and goal or third and goal here. They were too far away and they hadn't been able to run the ball all night. But of course, they just passed it on, a, I think, a kind of a quick slant or a drag or something running around the back and got it right in the end zone immediately. And thankfully, I think you pointed out that wasn't a great play call on that two point conversion. Otherwise, we might be talking about a completely different game. No, like they when they came back from commercial break and they drew it up, they showed they had what was it three different tight ends in the game blocking. Like there was one one person, one receiver running a route. Which, I mean, even on a normal play, that's not you know. It's not a two-point conversion try. Uh, it's risky to have one receiver in a route, right? But when yeah. you need three yards and you need to convert, putting everything on one receiver, I don't know, it, it, just, it didn't feel like the right call there. Um, other than that, though, I thought Kitley called a great game for them. I, I hate to see uh, a former Texas Tech assistant carve up Texas Tech the way he did. Um Passing game, man. Bailey Zappi, 30 for 49, 567 yards, four touchdowns. In our preview, we said, you know, if, if they throw for a bunch of yards, I wouldn't really worry about it. It's what they do. Um, but here they I don't he, think we were thinking 567. Yeah, here it is, throwing for nearly 600 yards. We're like, wow, okay. So we didn't consider that or at least I didn't um, how bad the pass defense could look against an FCS opponent. Like they, they looked lost. They looked like they were covering guys that were much better than they were. They gave a lot of space. Uh, they were getting beat deep uh, on double moves uh, on, on formations where they stacked receivers on wheel routes. It looked like they just did not, like they just couldn't stack up against, Houston Baptist receivers and you hate to say that against an FCS opponent and this isn't a team that has like a bunch of D1 transfers this is a small school out of Houston that gets what they can and they had two guys three receivers go over 100 yards one of them went over 200 yards on five catches he had a 40 nearly a 42 yard per catch average. Well, and, and Zappy, I mean, like you said, they're not D one guys Zappy has been there his whole career. You know, that he's a senior there kid from Victoria, uh, does not play like an FCS quarterback. He's, 
he's really smart. Um, I know he took advantage of tech a couple of times because I think one of the touchdowns, it was, uh, forget which one, but I know on the, it was on Zappi's left side. He saw that there was only one defender on the left and he immediately, he was looking that direction before the ball was snapped and he tossed it over there. And mm-hmm. of course it was a touchdown. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a good sign when your linebacker, you know, Boyer Randall probably makes one of the best pass breakup defensive plays of the game. And it was downfield. It was way downfield. He it wasn't yeah, over the I middle. Mean, it was down he like was, he was in coverage downfield. Yeah. And I mean, the linebackers the were fantastic. I mean, would love to have seen Schooler, but hopefully we'll get to see him against Texas. But uh, Eldridge played well. Jeffers, Merriweather. I mean, we don't, I don't have the stats up yet on a number of tackles. I wasn't able to load that this, this quickly, but Merriweather had that crucial, uh, <laughs> hate to say this now, but that crucial fourth down stop in the red zone. I mean, it was just between him and that running back and he broke down and brought the guy down and tech got the ball back. I think it was right before halftime. And, uh, that was really a big change in the game, especially looking in retrospect, but Merriweather was all over the place. Really impressed with him. Not surprised by any means. I have a lot of high hopes for him for this year, but you know, the, 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 the defensive backs were rough. You know, Leggett got burned a lot. McPherson had a couple of PI calls that were really bad. Um, Hogan was getting burned. Even Fry. One of Fry's was, I don't know if it was technically his fault, but I know there was one play where he got burned, but he started on the wrong side of the field and was running as fast as he could to get to the other side of the field. And then it was too late. That may have been that double that play I was just talking about where Zappi yeah, saw that there was an uncovered receiver on his left. So Merriweather leads the team in tackles tonight with 12. Jeffers was second with eight. Leggett with seven. Boyer Randall had five. And then Adrian Fry and a bunch of people had four and three. Um, on the night, you had three sacks. Jalen Hutchings from the nose guard had a sack and a half by himself. Eli Howard who as like an 18th year senior has forgotten how to tackle. I'm not sure what he's doing besides running past people and hoping his presence knocks him over. I don't know. Dude looked lost as a starter, as an upperclassman, just whiffing embarrassingly bad. Um, and then Philip Bleedy and Nick McCann also chipped in a half a sack. Uh, you had six tackles for loss in the night, one interception, which is on that pass tip that ended up falling into McPherson's hands in the end zone. Uh, and then um, inexplicably decides that he's going to try to return it and gets to the one. Um, you had eight QB hurries. Uh, so you, you were able to get a little bit of pressure on, on Zappy, but um, more often than not, it felt like your guys just ran right past him. Um, well, and Patterson wasn't dialing anything up. I mean, it was three man rush, just pretty much all game. He was dropping eight. Still somehow Zappy was able to find open guys because he had time and he could dance around just enough back there to, to keep from getting sacked for the most part. It was, that was one of the frustrating parts of it. Uh, you know, I, th- I thought the, the lineman played okay. I mean, I know that you, 
pretty pretty rough on Howard missing some tackles. I honestly didn't see that as much. Um, I'm sure it was there. I just didn't see it. But they they did fine, but uh, not like you'd expect against an FCS opponent. Yeah, I, it was. It just wasn't there, man. Um, I know that we're we're on the defense now, but I wanted to just touch on the offensive line. Did you have any thoughts on them? I mean, I I was kind of getting some mixed reactions from the guys in the stake in the plane Slack chat. I, I felt like th- they did okay. And a lot of times I can tell, you know, I, I base how the line did by, you know, I felt the protection was okay. I felt like Bowman had enough time to get rid of the ball for the most part. And they were definitely able to, you know, create holes for Thompson to run through. So I've, I felt like they did fine, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like they were they were serviceable um, there. Towards the end, we, we were getting different camera angles, like from the end zone, from behind the offense. You're able to see a little bit more who was participating. Um, and at that point, you would notice that Will Farrar had come in at center, um, Card or Cardi, whatever. He had been replaced at left tackle. Um, so the that they were still shifting through who was going to play on the offensive line, which we kind of expected they would. Um, but in a game where you're blowing this, this team out and you were kind of trying to figure out who else you had, not let's figure out an offensive line. Um, I don't remember anything egregious except for Dawson Deaton, uh, who had three false starts. Um, yeah, the false starts were a problem. That, that, that was that was an issue. I mean, o- overall, Tech did okay. I think they ended up with, well, I don't want to say okay, but 12 penalties, but it was for less 13. than 100 yards. It was, it was 13? 13 penalties for 104 yards. It was 104. So last I looked, it was 12 for something. 99 probably. Um, yeah, that was, I thought, well, that's not good at all, especially at home and especially with how many false starts there were. And, and it was false starts on, on both sides, but like, I, I know that they, they, the coaching staff has talked about like they're trying to be a difference between effort penalties and mental penalties um, that lining up offsides or uh, having a false start that that's just, that's due to preparation and, and mental capacity. Then, you know, okay, you, you get a holding because uh, your, your, your man beat you or um, a pass interference to save a touchdown or something no, you, you weren't seeing a lot of that. You were seeing like early season jitters uh, and mental errors, and you saw a lot of them. Yep. Uh, guys out of position. The defense just looked like they were meandering and lost a lot of times pre-snap. Uh, just didn't look prepared. And, you know, Houston Baptist did. They did have the benefit of at least playing a game before this. But... I, I expected Tech to look a lot more prepared. You know, I, that first drive sure felt like uh, the first offensive drive. I'm just kind of switching gears again. felt like a kind of a vintage Kingsbury, uh, you know, script of first plays. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it's just kind of, uh, well, I don't know. Let's try this. And that's kind of how it, it went. And luckily we're used to that as fans but that doesn't make it easy but that first drive you know you kind of thought i knew better but a part of me still thought well maybe they figured this out maybe this will be a 
a, you know, a pretty big win and they'll pull away, but was not the case. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's, if, if this lines up perfectly, but there was a time, um, early in the game, probably the second drive. Uh, and it was the first time that Alan Bowman stopped the snap and looked over the sideline. I was like, Oh, looks like the script has run out. <laughs> like they've, yeah. they've ran passing the script. Like, okay, now what? Uh, cause the offense was moving. It, it seems like when you script out the plays, um, as we kind of railed on this against Kingsbury, like it worked the first drive tonight. Uh, and then it, you just kind of vanished for a while. Um, and it wasn't like one specific thing we can point to on offense. Like, well, here was a problem. I mean, it was, um, you know, the running back having a slow start or running into a, a tackler or, um, just a really bad time drop or an overthrow it. Like little things that if they're spread out, you, you, you can overcome. Um, but it seemed like it kind of stacked up there for a little bit that kind of slowed you down, uh, early on. And then you got into it, uh, a better rhythm in the third and fourth quarter. Um, special teams, there wasn't much. Nip McNamara did get out there to punt four times, average only 39 yards a punt with a long of 43 uh, had one down inside the 21 was a, a touchback. Um, shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been, but the, the gunners like, it, I don't think they knew where the ball was. They, they didn't look like they had any idea where it was. Um, you so didn't have to have a first team, all big 12. We, come on, punt team. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta feel that. You gotta feel that for my guy. And he needs more. He needs much more than 39 yards per punt to make that. Mm. Um, so, for the game, offense splits up 624 yards of offense. Hooray, 13 penalties, 105 yards. Uh, you were 10 to 15 on third down, which is respectable. Uh, you're five of six on third down in the fourth quarter. So when it really counted, or you know, when you needed to close this game out, you did. Because there were there were times when the, that was in question. Um, like we said, you got you got down to a one point game. Um, there towards the end, you were going to go for a field goal. Then you ended up uh, going for on fourth down inside the five, possibly got a really terrible spot on the ball that prevented you from getting the first down. And of course, with the angles and the, the just massive bodies, you weren't going to be able to review that and overturn it. Um, and then the failed two point conversion from Houston Baptist. Uh, you ran 95 total plays, time of possession, 33 minutes one turnover from like I said that early early interception from from Bowman um four punts three sacks could be in for a long year guys I've I've wanted to ask you this Spencer you didn't seem as excited about me or as I was this morning about football I I kind of snuck up on me I didn't expect to be this excited today but I was I was pacing around the house and just kind of happy to have it back on the screen. And I, my excitement's diminished a little bit. I've been brought, brought back down to earth a little bit. I wanted to see if how you feel now versus, you know, 11 AM this morning. I was, um, excited to see, you know, it back. I was expecting a, a different kind of game. Uh, and I guess the, the gap there between, expectation and reality is like, Oh man, <laughs> this is not going to be good. And that, and that's, that's assuming that 
this is the type of performance you're going to get the rest of the year. Um, because like I said, if, if you do this the rest of the year, you, you may not win another game. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a very long two week break because tech has the bye week on Saturday before Texas comes to town and Texas absolutely demolished UTEP today, 59 to three Ellinger threw for five touchdowns in the first half. I'm not sure if he played again, but it was either 45 to three or 45 to nothing at halftime. Which so is what you're expecting tonight. Yeah. I mean, that was to it. maybe not to that extent. I did. I really would have been surprised if tech had broke broken 50 tonight. Um, they haven't done that in exactly two years. So that would have surprised me, but, but yeah, it, I was expecting halftime to be something like 21 to three, 24 to three. And and then, you know, you end up winning the game 48, 17 or whatever it was. I said, so it was, that was what I was hoping for. I was even hopeful for, you know, a Maverick McIver siding, siding or Henry Columbia siding. And that <laughs> got nowhere near, that type of comfort level to start putting in QB two slash three. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, around the, around the rest of the big 12, um, Iowa state lost big to Louisiana at home, 31 to 14 Kansas state lost at home to Arkansas state, 35, 31. Um, West Virginia took care of business 56 to 10. Oklahoma took care of business against Mr. Missouri state 48, zero. You mentioned Texas, uh, Baylor and TCU both did not play this weekend. Um, and I would say at least we're not Kansas, but we lost to Kansas last year. So I you can't really point to them and say, ah, like they suck, but they're, they're currently down 25 points to coastal Carolina. Yeah. I'm not going to say a word about that. I mean, there's, there's really not much to say. Uh, we, we have no room to talk at this point and I've got to wait for that game till, the last game of the year it'll be December. Hmm. Um, so you won't be in the standings last in the big 12 because there were teams that lost. So there's that little bit of, of, of hope. You will be listed ahead of Iowa state and Kansas state. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't watch enough of their games to, to pinpoint like what was going on with them, but Maybe it's a little more widespread than just Texas Tech struggling the first week of the week of the season, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Like, it's difficult, right, to, to take a lot of stock from this first game, but you definitely can f- have a good sense of direction if things don't go well. Um, this is probably the worst you felt after a win since like that uh, that game against was it Central Arkansas. Where like you yeah. beat them, you're like, holy crap, we were supposed to demolish them. That's kind of how this feels like. I wasn't too high after UTEP last year either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but if, and this is, speaking of uh, not being high on anything, you mentioned the OU score. I think it was, what, 48 to nothing? 48-0. They did not cover, surprisingly. Um, I know, which is crazy. But here's a nice little tidbit for us to look forward to as tech fans. Spencer Rattler became the first OU freshman quarterback to throw four touchdowns in his first career start. Asterisk. Rattler only played one half. <laughs> so remember when we were talking about like, is Lincoln Riley going to do it again with Rattler? 
it, it may be, it may be, it may be headed that direction. Maybe yeah. headed that direction. Um, so I did, I did ask for some questions or reactions. Sean Mitchell, what the hell did we just watch? That's my question. <laughs> well, <laughs> we watched Texas Tech defeat Houston Baptist and probably the most frustrating fashion. Um, Red, Red Raider check. Honestly, I was hoping the COVID would have shut down college football for selfish reasons. Yeah. Th- there was a time when I was like, and I, I, I said this in our group chat, it, I was kind of embarrassed like to be excited and have felt like we fought to get to this point. And then you'd be like, wow, th- this is what we've been like fighting for. This is like what we've been looking forward to for six months, you know, we're like, at least there will be f- football, right? When we, when we talked about in the spring, that basketball sure. got shut down and baseball got shut down. It's like, if we can just get to football and we made it and we're like, wow, this was the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not so rosy. <laughs> yeah. And you can even talk yourself into, well, you know, I kind of got used to life without sports. It was, you even go Maybe. down that road. You yeah. Your mind just, this, this game makes you think a lot of things. Uh, Red Raider Chris, is Matt Wells already on the hot seat? No, I think he's, I've always thought he's got three years period before any sort of hot seat talk, but, um, an L, uh, I mean, it could have, but I think everyone's going to chalk up a lot of things to COVID stuff this year. I don't think that's a good excuse or one that he would use himself either, but which is I what there's going to be some people that use that. Right. So this is, this is the next question. The last one we have is West, Seth Swearingen. How much of that do you attribute to COVID personally think that was worse than missing some practices and drills due to the virus? Just plain embarrassing. I don't think we can attribute any of it to COVID because every school has had to deal with it in one form or another. And Houston Baptist is a school in Texas, just like, tech and they're in Houston and Houston had a big outbreak over the summer. I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm not going to put COVID as uh, the fail safe for any of it. And I don't think that's what you're saying either. I think it's just, that's just where I'm headed with it, but I don't think that's what he meant by his tweet either. He was just asking in general. Yeah. Um, now also on Twitter, this, this looks like a, a post game press conference quote from Wells or maybe it's a post game interview uh, from coach Wells want to know exactly where we wanted to be might not have looked like we wanted it to. Yeah. No kidding. Um, Ooh, a, a little bit of salt from Tejon Henry. How that Texas tech game looking. Ooh. Yeah. Well, uh, they'll they're I think they may play Baylor next week. Is that right? Is Tejon in Houston? He's at Houston right now. I think they might play Baylor next week because uh, all of these scheduling troubles that have apparently been a, th- a thorn in everyone's side for scheduling football games for the past several decades have just kind of washed away now. It's not a problem to get a game on the schedule anymore. Houston Baptist was on the game for what, on the schedule for what, six weeks? And Baylor and Houston may play with like eight days notice. I'm sure, why the hell not? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, not looking forward to the season that this is how it's going to go, but we'll have uh, one point in time to, to chop it up and, 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 and get back on the gravy train on the, the Kool-Aid for Texas in two weeks. Um, yeah. 
That's it. That's I, all I got to, man. Nothing else. Guns, uh, there, guns there, up forever. There, there will be a new baby in the Rogers family before then. Uh, so that's right. There's that to that's look right. forward to. You, know, you timed it on the bye week. How about that? Man, just perfectly. <laughs> um, so yeah, for, for Michael, uh, that'll do it for us on this post game instant reaction podcast of the 23 personnel podcast. Texas tech defeats Houston Baptist 35, 33, uh, up next is a bye week. And then we host Texas tech hosts the university of Texas in Lubbock on the 26th. Um, we will catch you next week on our regularly scheduled podcast on Tuesday. Maybe at some point next week, we will record a podcast. Um, for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas tech red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 personnel, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.